Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. everybody Raymond Summerlin here your host for this edition of the Roto World Football Podcast and I'll be joined today as I am every single Thursday by Rich Rebar we're going to talk about the Thursday night game we're going to talk about some DFS options we're going to talk about his worksheet the most important part of this podcast I would imagine this worksheet column which you should read every week another very important part of this podcast is Nick Minzio who'll be on after that who has all the most important starts and sits for week week 13 that's the week. I said it. Week 13, Rich, of the fantasy football season. Before we get to all of that, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. Helps other people find the show, helps us in the rankings, and we very, very much appreciate it. With that out of the way, let's get to a man who I have to defeat this week in order to avoid the dreaded 0-13 fantasy football season, and that is Mr. Rich Rebar, how's it going, man? You gonna take it easy on me? Yeah, I mean, I think I locked into the one seed, so I can lay rest some guys. I think this week and, and try to get ready for the playoffs. Uh, maybe maybe lay lay a couple guys down for you, but I gotta make you earn that first one. Though. I can't I can't just let you have it. It would taint the it would taint the glory of the Owen uh, twelve start. It is it's amazing that team because that team like it do, it's not even the lowest scoring team in the league. <laughs> it's not like it's an abject disaster of a team. It just I don't win. It's hilarious. The weeks that I score well, I play like the highest scoring. There's a week like two weeks ago, I was like the third highest scoring team and I was playing the highest scoring team. It's just not meant to be. It's just one of those, one of those years. So I kind of, I, I, I want you to play your guys because I'm kind of hopeful that I can go. And th- I've never done that before. And I, I, I just add it to the resume. You know, I'm, I'm in the playoffs in enough leagues. Got a, got a good looking Scott Fishbowl team although i did just lose andy dalton so i'm feeling fine everywhere else i think i'm gonna go for that that owen 13 master class i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna try to see if it can happen i like it i like it i mean hey listen any anything that gives me more wins is uh, acceptable in my book too <laughs> you need to do because in that league what i've done the last two years is i've been in your position i've been like the number one seed best team get to the finals Losing the finals. Two years in a row, I lost the finals. Now, this time, I'm taking all the heartache out of it. So I'm passing that heartache on to you. So enjoy your enjoy your Super, super Bowl loss. What we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about the Thursday night game. Saints at Cowboys, 52.5 point total. Saints are 7.5 point road 
favorites, which I guess makes sense because the Saints are unbelievable, but it does seem like a lot. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Let's first talk about the fantasy side of this. And I don't really know what there is to talk about here. I mean, I think that both of these defenses are probably better than than people think. I have said that about New Orleans defense. If you look at the overall numbers of New Orleans defense, they look pretty bad. But if you pay attention to what they've been doing recently, they've certainly played better than that. I know Matt Ryan had a pretty decent fantasy day, but that game didn't feel like that's what he was doing. So it's I think their defense is pretty good. Dallas' defense is it's pretty good. But I mean, you're not going to sit these guys. You're not sitting Drew Brees. You're not sitting Michael Thomas. You're not sitting Alvin Kamara. We'll talk about Mark Ingram. You're not sitting Ezekiel Elliott. You're not sitting Amari Cooper. So like, what? who do we talk about in this game? Yeah, I think you nailed it. That's kind of the, how I came across the, with doing the worksheet this week too. It's like you can find some negative data points uh, matchup-wise for kind of all these guys. These are all guys that we just play every week. I think the only two guys that are even like worth dis- discussing in this game are probably Dak Prescott, who's been good since they've gotten Amari Cooper, and Mark Ingram. Like the two questionable guys, probably people are – debating whether or not they should plug and put into lineups. I've been on this thing where Mark Ingram, I, d- I don't believe in Mark Ingram. And, you know, then he he, he was bad kind of after that Washington game. Then he had two games where he would, that he was just incredible. And I kind of just was like last week, all right, I, wait the, I waved the white flag. The Saints are just too good right now. He's got he's got too much upside to be locked in as like a flex. And he did nothing on Thanksgiving. He had like 60 total yards, no touchdowns. Because that's, that's the tough spot we're in with Mark Ingram. He's a touchdown-dependent player. But plays for the league's high-scoring offense, it's 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 just a conundrum every week because he has a low floor. His his gap from ceiling to floor is tough every week. Uh, he doesn't catch a lot of passes, and Kamara's still just dusting him in, in uh, red zone touches. Uh, so I I don't really know what to do with my Ingram. My hands are kind of in the air. Uh, I think he's just kind of like an upside flex kind of boomer bust guy at this point. I mean, do you feel strongly in either direction? No, I don't know how you could feel strongly about. <laughs> Mark Ingram at this point, you look at his usage profile, you mentioned it, with what goes on, the usage, not even in the red zone, also inside the 10-yard line, how much, how many touches Alvin Kamara is getting in there. You can't even rely on him as definitely being like the the quote-unquote goal line back, although I do think if they're actually at the goal line, he's more likely to get it. But yeah, I there's not there's not really much to say about him other than he plays in one of the best offenses in the league. Um, he's going to get 35%, 40% of the carries, and they've been running the football a whole lot. So I think you have to say he's a top 30 running back. And mm-hmm. for most teams, a top 30 running back in a competitive league, that person's probably going to be in your lineup. And that's kind of the situation. You mentioned Dak Prescott. I, his schedule down the stretch, go mm-hmm. look at the Cowboys schedule after this game. It's just outstanding. So he's going to be a player that that makes noise throughout the entirety of the fantasy playoffs. I think I'm probably sitting him in this matchup. Because like I said, I think the Saints defense is a lot better than it's been in the past. They're getting a pass rush. Marcus Davenport is back. They have Eli Apple on the other side who has been playing okay since they acquired him. Certainly better than what they had before. They have Lattimore. They have pretty good linebacker play. I I think that this defense is pretty good. And I think it with all of the quarterbacks that are out there and available mm-hmm. to you with the fact that J- both Jameis Winston and Lamar Jackson were available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues heading into this week, you could probably find a better option than Dak Prescott. I not to say he's a bad option. He's still a, easily a top 20 option, but there's probably someone out there you could. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. I mean, like I said, he's been good since Mari came, but I look at this, you know, you talked about the Saints. They've allowed opposing teams to score on just six of 31 drives the past three games. That's it. I mean, the Cowboys are a team that really isn't going to really push push the pace by any means. 
So, I mean, this could be a game too. And Dax also has a rushing touchdown for his past five games. If you remove a rushing touchdown, yeah. I mean, we still don't, we don't really peg Dak as one of those guys that's ever going to get like 330. Like he, some, he might run into one of those games. We're not, we're always penciling him right around that 250 mark. You know, uh, with his, you know, now that he's got Amari, so if you don't get that rushing touchdown, that also removes some of the upside he's provided over his, you know, re- rebound here uh, since the front of the season. Yeah, that's. I mean, that rushing production, I think it's going to stick around. But those touchdowns, they can be fickle. Even for like someone like Cam Newton, they can be fickle. Mm-hmm. And so relying on relying on them certainly is is not going to work out in the long run. Even though it's been, you know, it's been an added plus. As of late on the betting side, I mean, I'm not betting against the Saints. There's not a chance I would ever do that. Uh, Cowboys fans would like me to bet against the Saints because I am ice cold right now. Uh, the coldest streak I've ever had as a better. So if Cowboys fans, if you'd like to pay me to bet on the Saints, then uh, I certainly we could we could work something out. But I'm, I'm not going to bet against them. Um, but I do think seven and a half is a is a bit much right i thought that thursday when i took the 13 and that did not work out as well i mean you yeah we still have uh you know the saints have covered in every game since week two wow and and we still are on the thursday trend i mean if you even if you want to count thanksgiving thursday favorites still have not lost against the spread so here we are uh those two things we have both streaks end you know for either team we're gonna see put put both tests to the metal this week uh I mean, seven and a half. Is, it's tough for me to, to to just lay that many. We were talking before the show. I've I've kind of as I've done this first year betting. I just like betting underdogs. I like getting points and giving points. Uh, did not work out when I was getting thirteen at the Saints. So I mean, like I said, I'm just not going to bet against them. But it's it's nice that we have those two trends going on. Though, if anyone gets on the board, that Thursday favorites still haven't lost yet against the spread this year. And the Saints haven't lost against the spread since week two. Yeah, there's something there. I will also say I, I do like the under a little bit on this as well. But again, you can't bet it because the Saints could just score 50 on their own, which is what I said about the Falcons game last week where I kind of like the under too, is that I don't think we've adjusted to this New Orleans defense being better than, than, than the numbers show. And so these totals are a bit inflated. Dallas likes to limit the pace. So I, I think that this could also go under that 52 and a half. But again, would you be shocked if the Saints scored 50? No. So it's kind of like one of those just stay away situations. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the cases where, if, you know, the Saints can get to 30 even, and you're in, and you're in dicey territory uh, there, you know, on their own. So, yeah, it's probably one of those things I probably won't touch. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think I view this as a stay away situation. Moving on, like we do every week, we're going to highlight a few DFS plays we found using the DFS toolkit over at rotorworld.com, which is half off, great value. Go over there and check it out. It gives you projections for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, including point per dollar value. And you can customize those projections using their sliders. And there's you can decide to use this or not use this or weight this or not weight this. So you can really customize the projections to what you find important. I've used that lineup optimizer we have over there all season. It's a really good tool. So make sure you check that out. And two players who will show up in quite a few optimized lineups this week are Eric Ebron, who is $4,200 over at DraftKings, and Todd Gurley, who is $9,800 over at FanDuel. Let's get Gurley out of the way first, because this is not the kind of player we normally talk about in this segment. We don't normally talk about these duh plays like like Todd Gurley. But the reason I wanted to talk about him is because over at FanDuel, he's now at $9,800 this week, which is the first time he's been under 10 k since week six. So his price has fallen pretty dramatically. You know, didn't have the best game, uh, before the buy, even in that 
spectacular game against the Rams. He he didn't really benefit from that. He was nursing an ankle injury. I haven't seen his practice report yet. We recorded this on a Wednesday, so that that could change this a little bit for sure. But, I mean, you look at his track record, still at least 73 total yards in every game, still dominating inside the red zone. That, I believe, was the first game he hasn't scored a touchdown this year. So, like, with that kind of decreased price in a pretty good spot against Detroit, even though they've been better against the run after acquiring Snacks, Harrison, I, I, I'm all aboard Todd Gurley this week, right? Yeah, I mean, he's had still 20 points in every game, but two, you mentioned that was the, <clears throat> excuse me, that was the first game he didn't score a touchdown. Um. Yeah, and you talked about uh, Snacks Harrison being there. You know, they've kind of righted the ship. But what's funny is that since they've righted the ship, it's just kind of highlighted how terrible their pass defense is. So they traded one for the other. Like, <laughs> you know, it was, like, it was one of those nose to spite your face situations to the Lions. But we got David Harrison, so we're good against the run. Oh, but now teams are just throwing all over us now. That's kind of what's happened to the Lions. Um, and, they, and they have a lot of individual running back to catch at least six passes uh, in each of their past three games, too. So that's going for them, too. I think part of it, too, is girly, like people stopped playing girly. Like the price got so ahead of the field that uh, people stopped playing him. And I think that ownerships had a lot to do with them finally reining in his price here uh, a little bit. So, but yeah, he's back on board under 10 K a lot easier to fit in. He was just unbelievably hard to jam in with another like seven K player for the same price you can get for like Kareem Hunt and Christian McCaffrey every week. Now we get that, we get that uh, alleviation with the salary cap and we, now we can play girly with another really good running back. Uh, which has kind of been the recipe for success over on a site like FanDuel. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, that that's really what I wanted to point it out. So if if people don't notice that that price is lower, then then maybe maybe you get a little little bit of value there. Over for Ebron, we have to say that Ebron did not practice on Wednesday because of a back injury, but he's had injuries all year. He's played through all of them. And now he's back to not having Jack Doyle to kind of compete with with targets. He saw 22% of the targets when Doyle was out of the lineup earlier this season. And that was even in the games that Hilton played. Hilton missed a few of those games as well. But even in the ones Hilton was in, we saw that huge kind of target share from Ebron. The Colts have just targeted their tight ends in the red zone. Frank Wright has a history of targeting their tight ends in the red zone. Again, I, I wish I could remember the preseason stat that I gave out, but it was basically like Andrew Luck targets tight ends over 30% of the time in the red zone. Frank Wright has targeted tight ends over 30% in the red zone. Tight ends account for 34.4% of the Colts targets inside the 10-yard line so far this season. This isn't going away. Ebron's going to score a lot of touchdowns, I think, now that, especially now that Doyle is gone. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that Ebron kind of just went back like to like playing like the, you know, the 12 to 15 routes per game when Doyle came back, as well as he was playing and as much of a fixture he was part of the offense. Because it's not like they have like a, a glutton of like great wide receivers after Hilton either. Uh, well, you mentioned he had the 10 targets per game in the five games that Jack Doyle missed. Uh, and it's just real easy. I mean, he's tied for the t- league lead in touchdown receptions. And then you talk about Colts tight ends lead the league in red zone targets, receptions, and receiving yards uh, in the red zone this season. It's pretty easy for a discount of price. You're getting a lot of touchdown upside with the target volume that comes along with Doyle's injury. And you have to like that he crushed the Jaguars the last time they played. Just three catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns, had a rushing <laughs> score. Jaguars have been susceptible to tight ends. They might not have to Sean Gibson. You've got to really like that the Jaguars have quit at football too. That helps. That certainly helps. I don't like it because I, I picked them to beat the Bills last week. But from an Ebron perspective, yeah, you have to like it. Both of these guys feel like such no-brainers that I feel like they're both going to bust on us, right? <laughs> I mean, listen, that's the year of uh, you know <laughs> the, the cattywampus tight end. I don't, I don't, I don't put any faith in a tight end just laying an egg here. Yeah, I mean, we've been. 
when you're not cursing us, we've been pretty good on these, but this one, <laughs> this one, this one, I'm suddenly just a little bit worried about. All right, let's move on to the final part here with the worksheet. Most important part every week, as I say, every week, you should go and read it. We're going to hit on a few players here, but there's information about every fantasy relevant player in the worksheet over at rotorworld.com. Go and read it. You will be smarter for it. And we have to get started with a staple of this podcast. One of the players we talked about last week in the DFS section, and that is Matt Breda, who even through Breda or Breda, what have we decided on him? Uh, that is, I think it's just Breda, right? It is Matt Breda, I believe. If we get an official pronunciation, we had the Thielen thing earlier in the yeah. season. Maybe someone will reach out to us and correct us. Yeah, I'm sure someone will spend a very nice tweet about about how I should be saying <laughs> how I should be saying Matt Breda. So last week, even though the offense struggled just a little bit, he still managed to have a good fantasy day. He's really picked it up. He seems he's healthier, has really been picked it up. I mean, do we expect him, even with this offense, we don't know what to expect from the offense, but do we expect Brita to kind of keep this going? He talked about, we finally seen him kind of get healthy in the last two games. He's had 132 and 140 yards for scrimmage, uh, 31 carries for 207 yards in those games. He now leads the league in, in yards per carry. And of all players over 100 with 100 or more rushing attempts in the season, he leads the league in rate of runs to gain 10 or more yards. 20.5% of his runs have gone for uh, 10 or more yards. Only Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott have more runs of 10 or more yards than Matt Breda on the season. And we're talking about guys that have massive more workloads than he does on the season. Um, the 65.6% uh, of his rushing yards come on those runs. That's the highest rate for any player in the league. He's playing Seattle Seahawks this week. 16.5% of the rushing attempts against Seattle this year have gone for 10 or more yards. It's 30th in the league. While 50% of their 56% of their rushing yardage allowed comes from those carries. It's 29th in the league. And you kind of hit upon last week. They were they were out of that game pretty much thoroughly. We know San Francisco, they're just unlikely to abandon the run regardless. This is what this offense has done all year. Uh, and Seattle's allowed over 100 yards of scrimmage to four straight lead running backs. Yeah, that Seahawks defense is not very good. Uh, I think, like, <laughs> we saw that last week. and We've seen it consistently. They're just... There are open lanes. There's open field available for for people. We obviously saw Christian McCaffrey, what he was able to do last week. Uh, he was the, I believe, 31st player in NFL history to go 100-100 in a game. So uh, so you certainly like to see that. Next up is one of my favorites. That's Josh Adams. And even though he got 23 touches last week, Coach Doug Peterson said they want to keep putting more on his plate. That seems unlikely. I, I'm not going to think that he's going to be a 30-touch guy the rest of the way. But, I mean, we're looking at a workhorse at this point, right? Yeah, I just wanted to pander to you here and give you a little <laughs> Josh Adams love. You, know, you talk about I mean, you just look at, uh, you know, his snaps, his snap rate, 29%, 31%, 55%, up to 62% last week. And he left that game for a little bit of a stretch yep. there. And he also had a 52-yard touchdown called back for the holding. Uh, <sighs> don't remind me. Just just, just don't don't mention that again because it oh, all of <laughs> – all of the all of the money that that left on the table for me. Sorry. Yeah, and then uh, last week he also he had seventy six percent of the backfield touches. It was even higher than the rate he had the week before. We kind of got excited when he had you know sixty six percent. His twenty two carries last yet yeah, last week that matched the most that amount of carries that Doug Peterson's given any running back. 
since he's been at the Eagles for three years. So that's saying something as well. You know, the guy that's always wanted to share the workload and kind of delegate, you know, responsibilities among his running backs. Uh, and now we're getting him as a home favorite against the Washington defense that's allowed 119 rushing yards per game and five yards per carry to opposing running backs over their past four games. That was another uh, team. Yep. If you look at the season-long stats, Washington's pretty good in Saran. You know, they stopped Zeke, they stopped Saquon, all those games in a row. Uh, Chris McCaffrey, they held the 30 yards, and they've just been dreadful since then. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, so yeah, it is a spot to get uh, Josh Adams as I believe a top 15 guy this week. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the schedule is not great down the stretch, but he's looked like, I mean, he looks like a guy you could just safely put in the lineups at this point. If if he's going to get 20 touches a game, then that, that, that's a top 15 running back in, in most weeks. Finally, you wanted to finish up with Patrick Mahomes, I, I guess, because you wanted to tell us that he's really good at football. Is that is that what we want to do here? I always just give the poster boy a little bit of love on the podcast, <laughs> whoever makes the you know the poster sheet. And I you know it's, it's very easy to say Mahomes good, Raiders bad. Uh, but you know there are there's right, there are so some in good the podcast, data points. So in the podcast, we're done now, right? <laughs> I mean, we can. Uh, but you know we kind of brought this up last week. Mahomes, interestingly enough, he's got the highest passer rating in the NFL from a clean pocket this year, one hundred forty two point four. Um, but he has the largest gap from pass, a passer rating uh, from a clean pocket to under pressure. He's 25th in passer rating under pressure at 61.9. Uh, like I said, the largest gap in the league, that minus 80 and a half, you know, rating drop. Well, this week he plays a Raiders team that is last in the league at pressure rate, 15.9%. The 10 sacks, the Raiders have 10 sacks right now. That's the fewest through 11 games in a season since 2009. Uh, you know, and then Mahomes has thrown a touchdown pass in 35% of his possessions this season, the highest rate in his league. Think about that. He's thrown a touchdown once basically every three possessions. And the Raiders have a lot of touchdown uh, pass on 23% of their opponent's possessions. That's 31st in the league. So, yeah, Mahomes good. Raiders bad. I really want to make a Khalil Mack joke, but I feel like that's just been played out at this point. <laughs> I feel like we're, I feel like that jumped the shark in week three. Like it's just, it's just absurd. It's just, it's just utterly absurd what that defense has become. But I mean, hey, take advantage of Patrick Mahomes this week for sure. Thanks always, Rich. Remember, you can follow Rich at Lord Reeves on Twitter. You can find the worksheet at rotorworld.com. And I will be back with Nick Minzio in just a second. Listen up, fantasy football fans. You need to try out Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On Draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. It's a draft that lasts for just one week. There's no roster management. You set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's absolutely it. Drafts start every couple minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part? You're playing for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft out there for everyone. Come and join me on Draft today. You can download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or you can play on Draft.com, whatever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code ROTORWORLD. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code ROTORWORLD on your first deposit. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com to get started. And we are back with Nick Minzio, who writes Stardom and Sidem over at rotorworld.com. What's going on, man? What's up, man? After Thanksgiving, need the season to come to an end here soon, you know? <laughs> it's uh, it's certainly <laughs> winding down. It's certainly winding down to yeah. to the conclusion. Hopefully, hopefully, the people listening are still involved in their fantasy leagues and have and to have some fun playoffs uh, ahead of them. I, I will say, you know, you had a pretty good Thanksgiving. We talked last week about a couple 
a couple Falcons, and then who else is on the list? A couple people on the list playing on Thanksgiving. I think all of them except Tevin Coleman hit, and that's because Tevin Coleman caught a last-second touchdown because that's what he does when we talk about him on this podcast. Tevin Coleman just (laughs) did nothing. I think he had like 10 yards and then a touchdown. It was just, I mean, I'm still considering that a win. Yeah, I would call that a win too. But it's just hilarious that every time we every time we talk about him on the show, we even mentioned it last week. Every time we talk about him on the show, he goes out and just catches a touchdown, and ruins everything. But on a hot streak, that's why you're swinging for the fences this week. And so we're <laughs> going to get started with Josh Doxson, who I would I would definitely consider a big swing. So why do you like him this week? Why are you why are you taking that shot? Oh, this is just a total swing, hoping to hit something. You know, I mean, hopefully I'm going to fast right down the middle. Uh, Doxson coming off single game highs for targets, catches, and yards last Thursday against the Cowboys. Had 10 targets, 6 catches, 66 yards. No touchdown, but, I mean, that's he saw 23.6% of the target share from Colt McCoy, who fired off 38 passes. Um, They're playing comeback mode against the Cowboys after Amari Cooper scored those two long touchdowns. Zeke was running all over them. Um, Redskins are, again, big underdogs on the road. Six and a half point underdogs in Philly. Um, I think they could stay a little stay close in this game. Philly hasn't been all that impressive, but unlike Alex Smith, McCoy is uh, willing to throw the ball up to Dox and let him make a play with his six foot two, two hundred two frame. And then earlier the day, earlier in the day on Wednesday, um, McCoy said he's going to continue to trust Doxson and get him in the ball and let him go and make plays. So these guys get a, a secondary against the Eagles that has lost Ronald Darby to a torn ACL in Week Ten. Um, Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, Jalen Mills also all sat out last week with various injuries. Russell Douglas gutted through a knee issue of his own. Um, it was a ripe spot for Odell Beckham to go off, but the Giants just stuck with that old school game plan: run the ball. You know, got to run the ball every play. Uh, blew a 16 point lead doing that. Philly's just getting killed through the air, allowing the second most catches, yards, and fantasy points to receivers. Only New Orleans is worse in every category. 44-point total for this one. Not really attractive, but I like to take a swing on Doxon here, maybe for a touchdown. And if he still gets these targets from McCoy, if he, if they're playing catch-up, I mean, I like him as a, as a dart throw. There, there's worse dart throws. I'm out here on this limb with you. I had him pretty high in the waiver column, and that was for the reason you mentioned. This change to Colt McCoy, it might not have been good for Washington's offense, but it Probably is good for Josh Doxson. McCoy has targeted Doxson on 15 of his 50 attempts, including, as you mentioned, 10 last week. He was productive in a tough spot against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a you know a pretty tough secondary, especially Byron Jones, mm-hmm. and he he was pretty productive last week. And like you mentioned, the Eagles are basically playing corners off the street at this point. Right. So it is, yeah, it's a really good spot for him, and I think that it's a good swing. I think he's a, I think I, I had him in the top 36 of my rankings, I believe, if I'm saying off the top of my head. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you for sure on this one. Let's move on to the Jacksonville backfield. And with Leonard Fournette out, it's tough to really know who to target, but it sounds like you've settled on TJ Yeldon. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going with Yeldon here. I, I just don't think Carlos Hyde's very good. Um, in the six games, Fournette sat out earlier this season, weeks two and three, and then five to eight. Uh, Yeldon played 71.5% of the snaps. Touch counts of 12, 13, 18, 11, 17, and nine. That nine game was when Carlos Hyde joined the mix. So it's a little concerning for Yeldon, but uh, he outsnapped uh, Hyde that day, 38 to 27. Um, over that four game stretch that Fournette missed weeks five to eight, um, Yeldon was the overall RB 12 in fantasy points per game at PPR. Um, he was the RB 33 and RB 19 weeks two and three. So he's been really useful when Fournette's been out. Um, 
these these teams faced off back in week 10 and Fournette was played that game he had 29 touches Yeldon still had five catches for 51 yards through the air productive day in PPR RB3 day um now with Fournette out just I think he's a threat for 15 to 18 touches here um the Colts are playing the second fastest pace and are 21st in opponent plays per game so I think the Jaguars are going to be up and up in pace this game they ran 75 offensive plays last time when these teams met. That was their third most on the season. But there's been more than enough to go around between uh, both Hyde and Yeldon in this offense. I think this offense is going to try and hide Cody Kessler making his first start. Um, pop gun armed quarterback that likes to get the ball to his backs, tight end, slot wide outs, and easy pitch and catch situations. I mean, I just think Yeldon's a rock solid RB2 with an outside shot at top 12 day. Yeah, this is a this is a th- kind of throw my hands up situation. And you mentioned it; it was mostly Yeldon the last time Fournette was out, but Hyde had just been with the team for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I agree with you; they want to be run heavy, but I actually think that's more in Hyde's favor than it is Yeldon's favor. But of course, you know they could be forced to throw the football if the Colts jump out to an early lead again, like they did the last time these teams met, which certainly seems possible with the way that Andrew Luck is playing. Right. So yeah, I'm. I don't have an I don't have a strong opinion at all. So we're going to go with yours because I this is really just a who knows kind of situation for me, and, and I I'm interested to see how it will play out. Over on the other side is Jarvis Landry, who has been a massive disappointment the last few weeks, and it sounds like you expect that slide to continue. Yeah, over the last three games, Landry's averaging five point seven targets um, after seeing double digit looks in seven of the Browns first eight games with seven looks being his low point in that span. So his volume's taken a big hit over since uh, Freddie Kitchens has taken over play calling duties. Um, and since Baker Mayfield took over as a full-time starter in week four, Landry has just two touchdowns and is the wide receiver 46 in PPR points per game. So he's barely hanging on as a wide receiver four right now. Tough to sit him when he's, when he was seeing so much volume, but now that that volume's out of the, out of the picture and that you just don't have that to fall back on anymore. Landry's failed the top 50 yards each of the last four weeks. The Texans have really stopped, stamped out slot wideouts over the last four games, holding Trey Quinn to four catches for 49 scoreless yards. Emmanuel Sanders is six catches for 47 yards. Uh, Danny Amendola for five catches, 43 yards. And D.D. Westbrook for four catches, 17 yards. None of them scored. The Browns are really just spreading the ball around a lot. Um, Landry's touched on our bust. Um, the Texans are number five in fancy points allowed to receivers. Um, the re- really, the only silver line you got for, with Landry is he leads the team in red zone targets and targets inside the 10. This game also features two, defense that, two defenses that are bottom eight and opponent plays per game with 48 points total. So you have that to hang your hat on. But, I mean, Landry's just not seeing volume lately. And David Njoku's getting those red zone targets inside the 10, scored, scored down there last week. I, it's just really hard to trust Landry. Yeah, you mentioned it. It's volume. Mm-hmm. It's all volume. Ant- Antonio Callaway is being used as much as him at this point. And so if you're not getting volume with Jarvis Landry, that is a that is a really big concern. Finally, finish up with Peyton Barber, who has been a pretty good fantasy option the last few weeks, actually. But you do not like his chances this week against the Panthers. Why? Yeah, he has 18 carries in each of the last two games. Had his first 100-yard game of the season, week 11 against the Giants. Was the overall RB7 the last two weeks? Oh. Overall RB seventeen the last two weeks in PPR. Um, looks spry, averaging five point nine yards per carry against the G Men, but reverted back to his regular self at two point six yards a pop last Sunday against the Niners. Still found the end zone, but Barber totaled just sixty three yards on twenty touches, right in line with the season norms. Um, simply has to score 
to be of value in fantasy. I mean, he gets the volume like we're talking about. We want that. Like it's it's good to fall back on that if you're just looking at him as an RB three. But last time he faced these Panthers, was only up, able to muster up thirty one scoreless yards on eleven carries. He's a virtual zero in the pass game. Um, and the way to beat Carolina is through the air. They're number seven in run defense DVOA, number eight in fantasy points allowed to running backs. And on the flip side, they're 27th against the pass. So I think this is this is just a game Jameis Winston's going to have to win with through the air. Carolina's just stomping out run games right now. 55.5 point total. It's really hard to sit, Barber. But like we did with Tevin Coleman last week, we sat him in those in that high point game, and he he didn't really pay off until that late touchdown. So I'm taking the same approach with Barber here. Yeah, this could really be a shootout. Like this could just be both quarterbacks putting up monster numbers and not really leaving much for Barber. I mean, McCaffrey will be fine. He's going to catch a lot of passes, but not leave not leave that much for Barber. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Thanks as always, Nick. Remember, you can follow Nick on Twitter, at Nick Minzio. You can also follow Rich, at Lord Reeves. I am at RM Summerlin. Also, do not forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. And we will be back to talk to you next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.